Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Doom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Doom. Today, I'm going to talk about some awkward exam moments, one that happened to me and uh, one that happened to my friend, Chris, <laughs> and, uh, and and one that happened to a complete stranger. So uh, one of the big parts of going through your residency is getting ready for your board exams, and they're a big deal, right? You spend, well, we spent four years in medical school, so we had to do a degree to get into medical school. So you do a degree, it's three or four years. Some people do it in five. Then medical school, four years. Then your residency, five years. Then you do your exams, and then you can do a fellowship. So, sorry for my disgusting mouth noises. I hate myself when I listen back to these. But there's just, uh, there's no way around it. <laughs> anyway, so we were... Um, coming up on the end of the five-year residency, uh, my friend Chris and I, and part of your exam prep is that uh, some of the uh, doctors that you work for, they'll do, they call them mock oral exams. Your exam is made up of a written exam and then oral exams. And, uh, and in the United States, there's also a physics exam. But in Canada, there's, there's no physics exam, but we were doing both American and Canadian sets of exams. And so, uh, you know, a big part of that was uh, getting prepped for the oral exam, which is sort of the hardest part. Uh, I, I misspoke, actually. Our exam also had an OSCE component, which is like a rapid fire kind of written exam where they show cases, but there's no preceptor watching. You just kind of have to go in your time. You go into this room and, uh, and just go through the questions and uh, hopefully you get them right. Anyway, um, but all that aside, this was in preparation for the oral exam. And one of our um, one of our preceptors was a physician named uh, I'll call her Doctor R, and she was a real hard ass during residency, very difficult um, to please. And you know, I uh, I was a pretty good resident. I did everything I could to make their lives easier. I never slacked off. I did accidentally uh, cover my pager with my fat panis one night and, and missed a few calls, <laughs> as I think we discussed on a different episode. But uh, other than that, you know, I was, I was pretty reliable. And this was the only physician who ever gave me a hard time because I had a typo in one of my reports. And, uh, and I was under this. <laughs> Here's my pity party. But to explain why I had typos in my reports, I was under enormous stress because she was going on vacation and wanted me to sign off all the reports that I had dictated while I was on call the night before. And there were like 140 reports. And then she gave me a tongue lashing about having a typo in one of them. And I was like, well, you, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I'm working too fast at your request. Anyway, she, I'm sure she's a good person, but, um, she, she was uh, one of the more intimidating people to work for uh, as a resident. So um, I had a mock oral exam that she had prepared. And um, one of the findings um, when somebody has an acute abdomen, like acutely painful abdomen, one of the things you have to look for is free intra-abdominal, sorry, free intra-abdominal air. And as you can imagine, you're not supposed to have air in your abdominal cavity. So it usually means that there's a hole where there's not supposed to be a hole, the appendix, somewhere in the bowel, that kind of thing. And so uh, the case was an acute abdomen and there was free intra-abdominal air. Now I had been studying um, 
like a mofo. I had been <laughs> study, studying nonstop and memorizing differentials for every possible finding. And, uh, and so I went through the normal stuff, you know, perforated hollow viscous ulcers, um, that kind of thing. Like the history was acute abdominal pain in a female. And, uh, and I kind of got to the end of my differential and she said, is there anything else? And now one of the more esoteric things, now I'd forgotten to say appendicitis, <laughs> which I guess is a perforated hollow viscous. Um, but, uh, and, and that's what the case was, but one of the more rare things that can cause free intra-abdominal air is <laughs> a condition, a, um, sexual, um, practice called orovaginal insufflation, which I guess is, uh, almost exactly what it sounds like. If you imagined you were trying to blow up the Goodyear blimp, but through the crotch, that would be... That would be about how that works. And uh, so when she said, is there anything else? It was the only thing that came to mind. And I looked her in the eye and I said, orovaginal insufflation. <laughs> and she never broke her stare. She never broke gaze. She said, no. Is there anything else you can think of? And I thought, oh, um, appendicitis. And then she brought up the CT of appendicitis. <laughs> she never said anything. In to her credit, she never said anything. But every time afterwards, whenever I was in a room with her, like as her resident, there was a pall of awkwardness that settled over the room um, because my mind went to orovaginal insufflation before it went to appendicitis. And I think, in her opinion, that said more about me than, uh, than uh, hopefully it does. <laughs> I've just been studying a lot. All right, so that's the end of story one, but I've got another, another couple for you here. So I'm going to fast forward a bit from that last story and I'm going to take you to our board exam. Now our board exam, there are a lot of stories around it. Um, it we had to sit the exam in Ottawa and uh, basically they rent this whole, I don't know if it's a hotel. I suppose it probably is a hotel. It, it seems so crazy. It's out sort of in the middle of nowhere and uh, everybody taxis out and you do the exam you do the written exam at home, but then you do the OSCE exam one day and the oral exam the next day. And so uh, by the time I got to the exam level, Dr. S had dropped down a year because she um, had another baby. And so it was just Chris and I. Now, Chris is uh, a gentleman, a genius, um, very nice guy um, and, and a good friend of mine. And we had spent so much time together by this point uh, that we were basically... Um, as close to being brothers as you can be without actually being brothers. We had spent a ton of, mo uh, a ton of money, a ton of time together um, studying for this really high stress exam. 
and uh, and we'd gone to conferences and stuff together, and and so we were quite good friends, really close. And Chris sat the oral exam uh, in the morning session. I sat it in the afternoon session, and um, on his way out of the exam. There are some more stories about the exam, um, about the bachelor party in the hotel room next to us, all that stuff. We'll, we'll do those on a different day. But uh, this is just specifically about uh, case <laughs> case awkwardness. Um, so Chris, um, Chris did the morning session. I did the afternoon session. But I did see him. We crossed paths as I was arriving for the exam and he was leaving. And he was a lot smarter than me. And, you know, well, he still is. But um, what I really struggled to achieve seemed seemed to me to come naturally to him, the ability to just rotely memorize textbooks and answers and that kind of thing. I spent I spent nights, weekends, all hours. And Chris had a family. He had a you know he had soccer practices and he was a soccer coach and uh, all that stuff. And he was still managing to be probably the strongest resident that had ever gone through the program. He was just a really, really smart guy. So to my alarm, when I was arriving for the exam, he was leaving for the exam and he had his head down and he looked very unhappy. Now, finishing the exam, if it went well, is the second happiest feeling in your life. They'd say like having kids is not even close. Uh, Having kids is stressful. When you're done that board exam and you've spent your, you know, nine years leading up to it, um, well, really 13 years leading up to it. Uh, you know, it's a hell of a feeling, um, to be finished. And, uh, and so when I saw Chris hanging his head and he didn't, Chris was not an emotional guy, but I could read him and he looked unhappy. And I thought, oh, oh my God, what am I in for here? And I tried not to get psyched out. I thought, it's just, I'm just reading into things, but I hadn't had a chance to say hello to him. Like they, they were leaving, we were coming, and it was just like this quick, you know, ships passing in the night kind of thing. So I tried, you know, I used all my mental tricks that I could not to get psyched out. I uh, sat down, they went through like all the instructions and stuff, and then we went through the exam. Now, there was a case that I did not get. There was one on uh, cardiac radiology where the, I, that we had started, no, we'd started with cardiac, and I thought I was on a cardiac station. But we were on a chest station and the case was a pulmonary embolism and I didn't I didn't get it on the x-ray but I got it on the CT it was easy on the CT but uh, that was the only one I thought maybe Chris took that really hard like it was difficult x-ray uh, very subtle finding like something called a Westermark sign um, but uh, you know I thought geez he, he wouldn't he wouldn't overreact to that and I mean that was one out of I don't know there's probably 50 or 60 cases that you see. So I figured, geez, it wasn't, it wasn't that horrible. Like it was, it was a tough exam, but we were prepared for it. It wasn't anything that I I would have thought would have blown us out of the water. So I couldn't figure out what was wrong with Chris. So, uh, he was out by the time I got back to the hotel. So Chris and I went out and had dinner. I had a tremendous migraine. (laughs) which I always get after like writing an exam. But, uh, you know, we went back to the hotel that night and then the next morning, um, he and Kelly, his wife had flown out and, and, uh, 
I think we we said hi at breakfast and stuff, but I didn't want to ask him anything in front of Kelly. Like I just wanted sort of to ask him in private. Um, so it wasn't until we got back to our home province uh, a few days later um, and we were together again that I said, Chris, you looked miserable coming out of that exam. Now, um, we had gotten our marks in the interim and we'd both passed. So it was no big deal by then. It was just, uh, you know, so now he could look back on it and laugh. So he said, you're not going to believe what I did. I said, what happened? He said, in the abdominal section, do you remember they showed us a picture of like uh, just an abdominal x-ray and the history was 48 year year old female with abdominal pain? I said, yeah. He said, did you notice that it was an x-ray of a guy? I said, no. He said, yeah, so there was, because there was an obvious other finding on the x-ray that I think it was like, I don't know, kidney stones or something. I, I can't remember, but but that was where we were supposed to go. Chris, so Chris, according to him, spent about like 20 minutes of his 30 minute station describing an oblong ovoid soft tissue lesion in the uh, overlapping the proximal thigh. (laughs) He was describing a dick and he went through it and he was hoping and he started talking about like, you know, this could be neoplastic and talking about all the tumors that could look dick shaped, I guess on a female patient, he was thought maybe it was an obturator hernia or something. And finally, the examiner said, uh, could you just uh, point at the object you're describing? And he pointed at the dick and the examiner said, yeah, just ignore that. And he said, but it's a female patient. He said, the examiner said, ignore that too. <laughs> it was just a typo on his exam. So he uh, he had to really rush through the rest of his abdominal section. Abdominal imaging is like a huge part of that exam. If you don't pass it, you're not going to pass the exam. So, uh, so Chris described a dick on his exam and, uh, it still brings me great pleasure to recount the story. There's a little bit of background noise, but the uh, third story is about the American exam. Um, Chris and I had to write that one in Kentucky, but we wrote it, I think, a week apart, so we didn't get, actually get to go down together. But by the time we wrote it, we knew we'd passed the Canadian exams, and uh, so the pressure was kind of off. It was more just a bonus, like to be certified in the U.S., because we were both doing fellowships in Canada, and then both planning to work in Canada subsequent to that. So. Um, the way it worked was that uh, we'd already written the physics exam and the written part of the exam. Um, and now we had to do the uh, oral part of the exam. Sorry for the background noise. It's really tough to uh, <laughs> it was really tough to do a podcast uh, with any quality control whatsoever. I, I don't have a studio. I'm doing this in my home office. Anyway, um, so so what we did is uh, we'd fly to Kentucky and the hotel that this exam was in was this, it was this big like brick building and somebody, you know, they would get you ready in the morning. Everybody would meet in the same room. They'd go over how the exam's going to function. They'd give you a schedule of room numbers and 
you go to the room number and that you know station one was room say 604 you go to 604 you do 15 minutes of exam and then uh somebody would literally walk down the hallway with the xylophone do 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 that exam's over and then you, next station two room 615 you'd walk down so it was like a colony of ants everybody changing around in the hallways and stuff but uh the funny part of this exam was that when we were writing it the stress was kind of off but uh for the u.s um uh residents of course this was the only exam they were going to write um immigration always goes to the u.s not from the u.s uh, so whenever you're saying how crappy the u.s is uh just remember more people go there than leave there uh it's not it's not, it's not a bad place <laughs> everywhere has its ups and downs um anyway that's a little little aside little personal opinion uh i'm just as a canadian you get a little bit fed up with all the uh, snot-nosed other canadians who think there's nowhere else in the world and the u.s is you know criticize the u.s constantly oh donald trump oh this oh that and you just i just always think hmm and why do so many canadians go there to work this is land of the free baby <laughs> anyway Call, call me names if you want. That's that's okay. Uh, it, it's not a perfect country, but uh, all this is in the side. Um, the uh, so the U.S. students. Wh- where I was going with that? Now that I'm back to get back on sidetracked, um, they they didn't write any other exams. So this was like full pressure, full full pressure on them to pass because they had done, you know, all the lead up just like we had, but they hadn't passed something in the past that already said, okay, now you're certified. So um, I remember being there and they were just so stressed. They were like trying to cram. And I always kind of thought like, it's good to review your notes and stuff before you go do an exam. Cause you'll, you'll know weaknesses. Like I would always forget to say multiple myeloma in my differential. So before the exam, I looked at my notes and I thought, remember to say multiple myeloma, like to that extent you can cram, but there's no point in going with like textbooks and trying to learn imaging of the chest, um, you know, three days before, before the board exam, because if you don't know it, you, you've had five years to, to figure that out. Uh, but people were really stressed. Anyway, my, my exam went off fine. It was, uh, you know, the only downside was I didn't know any, uh, of the nuclear medicine stuff. Um, I, I knew it, but that's not part of the Canadian exam. And, uh, and so the, uh, you know, the radiation safety issues, I, I didn't, I couldn't remember the American protocols versus the Canadian protocols, but they were really nice about it. And afterwards, um, somebody actually, they weren't supposed to, but somebody came up and said, you know, you did great on that exam. Uh, where are you working? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I'm not bragging. I'm not a really brilliant guy, but I can memorize stuff. So I, I think that was, uh, you know, it, it was a good experience. One of one of the very best experiences because right after that I was getting married. So that was kind of my send off from being a student to being an adult. I was uh, <laughs> that was my transition was that exam. Anyway, um, I got back home to uh, to the east coast of Canada and um, I met up with my friend Chris and we went out for drinks and stuff. It was the end of the the end of the year and we were just kind of. Uh, doing dinner and stuff. And, and so he and his wife and Chrissy and I, um, went out for, to a steak dinner. Like we said, you know, it's our last dinner together as residents. 
and uh, and he told me the story about when he was doing the U.S. exam. So in the morning, in the morning session where everybody comes together to get the rules laid out and what you know, this is this is how it's going to work type meeting. There are probably 120 people there. So one guy in Chris's day showed up in his goddamn boxer shorts for this thing. He had like a, a shirt and a tie and a jacket and boxer shorts and dress socks and dress shoes. And one of the uh, one of the preceptors said, you took him aside and they were whispering, but I guess Chris could hear. And they said, what? where are your pants? And he said, they didn't come. My bag with my pants didn't come. And I, I didn't want to wear jeans to the exam because I thought it would be disrespectful. So I thought it's better just to explain that my, my pants didn't show up. <laughs> he said, go put on your jeans. <laughs> and the guy, the guy had overthought it to the point that he didn't wear pants to his fucking board exam. Anyway, I hope it all went well for him. I know people um, deal with anxiety differently and, uh, and hopefully he's, his judgment has improved since, but, uh, anyway, that's the end of the, uh, that's the end of today's podcast. I'm going to put this up tomorrow. So that means I'm recording it on Saturday. It's going to go up on Sunday. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend, maybe put a five-star review on there. If you want to uh, reach out with comments or questions, I'm still using our sister podcast, uh, email one foot in the grave podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Um, and that's about it. Uh, if you know who I am, don't tell anyone because I'm trying to stay sort of relatively anonymous and then anonymous. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. So stay healthy, stay classy. and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.